man, what a nap. What? Yeah, yeah, pan pizza sounds good. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yes, I'm listening, I'm listening. Wait, how long? A pan what now? But what about... Plastic pan! Plastic pan! Good guy in a bright red suit, and he always wears goggles and a belt that's a beaut. He was a crook, but he reformed, and then he reformed and reformed and reformed again. Plastic Man, Plastic Man, the one, the original Elastic Man, always in great shape for the shape he's in, the fantastic. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Plasticast, a podcast dedicated to the longest arm of the law, Plastic Man. I'm your host, Max Romero. So, crazy times, right? Who would have ever thought we'd be here? That in the year 2020, we'd ever see something like this? I mean, who could have predicted a team book featuring Plastic Man would be the longest-running title to come out of the new age of DC heroes? It's amazing! Sadly, the cancellation of the Turfix was recently announced and the series is scheduled to end in September with issue 30. But we're not here to mourn. We're here to celebrate. So let's talk about the Terrifics. Spinning out of Dark Knight's Metal, the Terrifics launched in February 2018 and featured a lineup of four fantastic heroes. Mr. Terrific, Metamorpho, the Linea Wazo version of Phantom Girl, and our boy Plastic Man. In Dark Knight's Metal, it was revealed Plastic Man has spent the last few years in egg-shaped hibernation, because why not, a self-defense reflex that came about because of his exposure to the energies of the Dark Multiverse. After his unique molecular structure was re-exposed to the Dark Multiverse, again, because comics, during a Mr. Terrific-led mission to save Metamorpho, Plas snapped out of his stasis and was back in action. After finding a stranded phantom girl in the Dark Multiverse, the foursome make their way back to their own universe but find out they're now bound by the Dark Energies, and can't be further than one mile apart. This is eventually taken care of in future issues, but the group decides to stick together as DC's newest super team. In the following issues, the Terrifics face everything from jealous cavemen and elemental monsters, to sentient supercomputers with a god complex, and a time-traveling bizarro. At one point, Plastic Man even tangles with a blood-sucking version of himself, a shape-shifting vampire from Earth-43 called Plasma Man. If anyone's looking for a Halloween costume, there you go. As you might have guessed, the title is a lot of fun, and there's also plenty of good, solid character building, particularly from original writer Jeff Lemire. Now, it's pretty obvious that the Terrifics were an analog for the Fantastic Four, which wasn't being published at the time, even to the point of a climatic battle with a Doctor Doom-like villain called Doc Dread. But the team was also quickly established as their own thing, no pun intended. Lemire brought personality and individuality to these characters, building on backgrounds for all of them while also showing why these heroes would choose to stay together even when they weren't bound by the possibility of blowing up if they didn't. He even gave them a dog, a little metamorpho dog. Lemire was especially good with Plastic Man, making him fun without being silly or frantic and allowing him to be a contributing member of the team and not just comic relief. Lemire also brought Plaza's son, also known as the young hero Offspring, back into the picture as a mostly recurring character. 
He even gave us a cameo of Plaza's former flame and Luke's mother, Angel, which really we need to see more Angel. Lemire was the regular writer until issue number 14, and unfortunately left the title after that. Luckily, though, the book was taken over by Jean Luen Yang, who most readers might know from his award-winning indie books like American Born Chinese, and who just recently finished up his wonderful three-part series Superman Smashes the Clan. If you haven't read it, go out and get it. Well, don't go out. You know what I'm saying. Yang's storylines don't always have the same zing as Lemire's issues, but they're still fun, and I like the direction he's taking the team in. In a lot of ways, The Terrifics has become one of the most thoughtful comics in DC's lineup, and Yang seems to be more than happy to tackle big ideas. On the art side of things, Ivan Reese and Joe Prado kick things off for the first three issues, with character designer and Terrifics cover artist Evan Doc Shanner taking over for issues four and five. From there, The Terrifics has had a rotating stable of artists working on the title, with some really suiting the vibe of the comics and others doing okay, but not really as good a fit with the story or the characters. The most recent penciler is Sergio Davila, who has worked on the title before and is the artist for the possibly pandemic-delayed issue number 27. But the artist we'll be talking about today is Dan Mora, who did the gorgeous line work for Yang's ambitious choose-your-own-adventure script for issue number 25, which we'll get into with the story titled The Adventures You Choose later in the show. But first, we'll talk a little more about Plastic Man and the Terrifics with Plastifan Owen after the break. Batman Nightcast is back with new episodes and a new mission. I'm Ryan Daly. And I'm Chris Franklin. The new Nightcast chronicles the Dark Knight Detective's greatest adventures from our favorite comic book creators. What a novel approach, talking about the comics we actually enjoy. I know, right? Highlights from this bold new era of Batman Nightcast include... The Joker's Laughing Fish. The Saga of Ra's al Ghul. Is that how we're pronouncing it? Yes. Okay. Batman vs. the Man Bat and the first appearance of villains like Clayface 3 and the Ventriloquist. Plus more great stories by the likes of Steve Englehart and Marshall Rogers. Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams. Alan Grant and Norm frickin' Brayfogle. Irv Novick. Don Newton. Doug Munch. Dick Sprang. Max Allen Collins. No, what? Just messing with you. Wasn't funny. Batman Nightcast, every month from the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at fireandwaterpodcast.com. Xenozoic Xenophiles. A fan podcast devoted to the comic series Xenozoic Tales. It's a post-apocalyptic adventure series filled with Cadillacs and dinosaurs. I'm Ruth. And I'm Darren. Please join us as we discuss the stories, characters, and art in this excellent comic series from writer and artist Mark Schultz. Special episodes feature interviews with Mark Schultz himself discussing Xenozoic Tales and his other comics. Listen at Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or visit XenozoicXenophiles.com. Xenozoic Xenophiles is part of the Rad Adventures Network at RadAdventuresNetwork.com. And we're back, and this time we're joined on Plasticast by Owen. Thanks for coming on the show, Owen. It's great to be here, Max. I've been a fan of the of the podcast for a while, so you know, oh, it, nice you it was say. a great opportunity to be on here. 
Oh, thank, well, you know, we've been talking back and forth on on Twitter, and that's uh, I've been meaning to get you on for a long time, but you know, obviously, the you know that hasn't happened for various reasons. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> but now we're doing it. Now we're doing it. So uh, as I said, you and I know each other from Twitter, where you run the account. Let's talk Plastic Man. Uh, how did you become a fan of the character? Well, it started all the way back in uh, I say I'd say elementary school. Um, our lo- our school library had a uh, had a big Justice League of America handbook. Mm. Of course, it was based on you know the JLA comics that were running at the time. And in it, there was you know of course the usual Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, yada yada. But right. there were new characters I had never heard of that, were, that I was introduced to there, like you know Green Lantern and the Flash, and most importantly. Uh, plastic man and i was so captivated by superpowers and how you know fun he seemed how colorful he was because of course little kid brain is right yeah yeah is no, really, no, sure he's really interested in that and so i got really into that and um uh you know i didn't i grew up in a, more of a small town area but mm. i was able to have access to the internet so you know i used wikipedia and found out all I could about him, and it's basically what it was for years until I really started getting into buying comics and stuff like that. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think um, I think a lot of us have probably come to you know our our favorites or certain characters, you know, through kind of backdoor ways. You know, I mean, for for me, the the way I was introduced to Plastic Man was the um, the Saturday morning cartoon show. And I think, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned that, you know, a lot of kids, especially when you're, well, not kids, but when you're younger, Plastic Man can be really appealing because, you know, like you said, he's fun, he's uh, all these shapes, it's a lot of imagination. And I think that probably explains why he is so, um, why he's used so well in cartoons. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think animation could be like the best medium for Plastic Man, like if they don't want to make comics of him anymore for whatever reason, uh, they could just, if he would be absolutely perfect for cartoons and animation, it would be perfect for him. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think so. So you were, you were a fan by the time the Terrifics came out. What, what did the Terrifics, how did that appeal to you? Well, mainly for me, it was just that I was so happy that we were getting plastic man stuff again. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Yeah. Because after Flashpoint, and even I think he was gone for a couple of years before that, but uh, after Flashpoint, Plastic Man was gone, except for like one cameo box in one comic that's non-canon. Right. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the Forever Evil origin mm-hmm. setup, which was, I think, yeah, it was abandoned. Yeah. So just like those two things were the only things we had for five or so years, and then Dark Knight's Metal came out, and he was a big MacGuffin in that. Mm-hmm. And then Terrifics came out, and it was, he's back. He's a full-on character now, and he's teamed up with other superheroes. This is going to be real fun. And yeah. that's what appealed a lot to me at the beginning. Yeah, and I, I think what I liked about it, too, was that it took a lot of the elements of Plastic Man from different places and brought them together. You know, and these were these were elements I think that a lot of Plastic Man fans kind of really liked. You know, the, you know, his his origin was was intact more or less. His, you know, he had uh, his son. 
He had, you know, an XY, you know, all these things that had kind of been picked up from, I think mostly from like the Morrison books. Jeff Lemire, you know, really kind of latched onto that and brought it to the character in a way that made sense. Yeah, it, it makes sense. It works really well. And it does. And it isn't something that when you look at it, you go, you kind of cringe and go, yeah, he's my favorite <laughs> character. I know he's acting weird here, but it's like it gives you a good reason to be like, yeah, Plastic Man's my favorite superhero. And I absolutely love what they did with um, Luke and Angel there. I I think if they continued the book somewhere, <laughs> I'd love to see more of that because it was great where they're going with that. Yeah, 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 and we'll we'll get to that in a in a second. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll save the we'll save the quote unquote best for last. The <laughs> the um, it's um. So what what did you think when you? I mean, did the when it came out, did the Terrifics meet your expectations for for Plastic Man? Yeah, it did. Frankly, I even though I was just saying I was really excited for, it, I was also a bit afraid for it because mm-hmm. I was afraid that to be to tell you the truth, I don't read that many comics i haven't read much of jeff lemire's work so i was afraid that maybe he'd be the kind of writer who'd like go for the more goofy plastic man you know right. something along the lines of the kind of uh, post-crisis stuff post 2000s where he's goofy and not many people like him mm-hmm. but when i actually was reading the books i was like wow this is really good it gives plastic man respect as it should and it just works well. I really liked it. Yeah, and I think that's something that we agree on is I like a funny plastic man, but I don't like a crazy plastic man. And you know, and I really did not that's one of the, my problems I guess with the Morrison run, which a lot of people that was that was their introduction to plastic man is, you know, this kind of comic relief, uh, almost mental kind of guy. But like you said, you know, I think uh, Lemire really brought back the core of the character, which is that he is, uh, and I've said this before, but he is almost a straight man surrounded by crazy events, and he's just kind of reacting to them. Yeah, when I like really started getting into the Jack Cole police comics kind of stuff, it it was like really kind of cool to see because from what most people have read he was the goofy guy and the silly guy but back then he was the he was a straight man to everyone's wackiness and Mm -hmm. so him being played more like that but in a world that is equally serious and wacky i think it worked really well yeah and lemire in in the terrifics i have read him before and i read started reading lemire with his uh independent stuff which is you know heavier and I think probably his breakout in mainstream was uh, Sweet Tooth, uh, which is a, a very well done, but also kind of odd comic. But he really brought some of that almost Silver Age fun to to the Terrifics. And obviously, you know, it was this is a, it was kind of a loving ripoff of the Fantastic Four. <laughs> you know, I mean, they went to a, a cartoon uh, dimension, you know, and they've gone, they fought, you know, all sorts of weird characters and things that didn't make sense and. It was nice to see, you know, like Mr. Terrific kind of going, well, this is impossible. And Plastic Man on the other side of that coin going, well, yeah, of course, this sort of thing happens all the time. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, it it was great for that kind of stuff. They fought a giant wheel in, what, the third (laughs) issue? The war wheel, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They uh, got trapped in like a Star Wars type of trash monster battle and (laughs) stuff like that. And it works. They do it really well. And, of course... The Fantastic Four analogy is really 
great because, you know, that's kind of what they were based off of because Fantastic Four was gone for a while. But also it's kind of like a cyclical thing because Mr. Fantastic's powers were based off of Plastic Man. So now it's kind of come full circle. Right, right. Yeah, he he was, Plastic Man was the first. People forget that. yeah. Yeah, you know, and I thought... You know, it was a lot of fun, and I really enjoyed that first story arc from Lemire. And I was wor- I was, I was a little sad when he left, even though that seems to be how comics work. No one stays on any one book forever anymore. No. But I was, and I'm a fan of Gene Luen Yang, but I was also a little worried because I wasn't sure. I don't think I would have been sure that anyone could have picked up where Lemire left off. What did you think of the transition? I thought it was great. I thought that, truthfully, Lemire, like, there were some times where the Fantastic Four stuff was kind of, I I guess maybe you could say overwrought, like with Dr. Dredd and all that. But it was still a good book. But then seeing, like, Gene Lun Yang going for, like, um, cybernetic, what if God was a computer sort of thing, that premise really kind of, it clicked with me. And I was like, oh, wow, I think this is going to be really, really good. And reading like his first issue, I was like, I think he'll be real good for the book. Yeah, I thought Yang really kind of elevated the the cosmicness of it, the, just the scale. And it was already pretty big. I mean, like you mentioned, it was coming out in Dark Knight's Metal with the, the whole dark multiverse and, and that sort of thing. So it was already kind of on this big brained <laughs> kind of level. <laughs> but you know, but but Yang really kind of picked that up with some really big ideas. Like you, you know, you mentioned you know if uh, a godlike computer and time travel and you know just you know some really big things. And I I think you know we might as well rip the bandaid off the the cancellation of <sighs> of the terrifics. I think is it's not only disappointing to me as a fan of Plastic Man. And this being the one place that we could see him on a regular basis, it also disappoints me in, in the sense that I thought Yang probably, I think Yang probably had a whole idea of where he was going to take these elements and how he was going to bring them together. And I, it's, it's just a shame that we're not going to see that now. Yeah, it, it really is. You know, I don't want to like talk about the f- cancellation like right now fully. That's something <laughs> we can save for later. Sure. But yeah, you, I, get the feeling that well i mean of course that this arc definitely wasn't supposed to be the last one you even the first issue of it was like ooh, i wonder what else they're gonna set up and mm-hmm. i'm gonna miss the book and i do wish that yang would have been able to continue it but it, it's over now <laughs> right right yeah, and I'm, I am not sure what brought it about. I don't know if this is something that would have happened anyway or if it was a result of this pandemic and how it's in, impacted the industry. But either way, it's it's, a, it's it's sad. It's too bad. I think that the book went on longer than it might have normally been because people at DC, I think they liked it enough to keep it going. But I also get the feeling that like it was something that had to be cut because – Apparently they're cutting a lot of books. They're right. T- yeah. And so like it was just a book that had to go, even if no one wanted it to go. Yeah, I, I think I think it's like uh when a show used to be on the bubble, you know, and it was kind of like, okay, what are we going to cut from our schedule? You know, and they they have yeah. to keep the things that are reliable yeah. or, you know, have a have a larger fan base. And um 
I always heard good things about the terrifics from the community, but I just, it's speculation. Who knows if, if it was enough or what the decision-making was, but yeah, it's, it's too bad. But you know, one thing I, I wish the terrifics had done, I wish they had had a regular artist. Oh yeah. <laughs> I know that feeling. It was like Ivan Reyes for the first mm-hmm. arc. I knew he couldn't last for long. I knew that Doc Shaner couldn't have last for long, but I don't know. It felt kind of weird when, like, after three issues, the art would change or and stuff like that. Even if it was all good art, I, I wish it hadn't been changing so much. Right. Did you have a favorite artist? I mean, because there were there were plenty. I mean, oh yeah, there were. <laughs> it seemed to change every ones. three issues um, or so. I think Doc Shaner's like the first I'd immediately think about because um, he was the one who designed the series. He was the one who um, he was the one who basically really got it going. But I think my second favorite artist out of the whole bunch would be, I think, Steven Segovia. His work on the series was was really, really good to me. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. You know, they all brought something to it. And, you know, some worked better than others. But yeah, I, I agree. I think you know uh, Evan Doc Shanner was my was probably my favorite, even though he was mostly on covers. Uh, he only did a few issues um, yeah. early on. But I, like you said, he is the one who did the um, you know he did the character designs. He uh, like I, I said, he did the the covers, and and um, you know it, I I'd also like to say he's the only one who uh, referenced Woozy Winks. Yes, be- yes, because. You know, and that's another thing. I don't know why they keep, they just keep ignoring Woozy. The only time I've seen Woozy is in, um, the Scooby-Doo team-up stuff. Scooby-Doo team-ups. And he was in, oh hell, I'm forgetting the name of it. The one with evil Superman. Injustice. That's right. Injustice. Yes. And he showed up in in Injustice. Yeah. Piloting the helicopter of all things. But but I think Tom Taylor, the writer of, of the Injustice comics, he seems to be like a big fan of having anyone from the comics that he can. And so, like, even though Woozy isn't... I'm pretty sure Woozy would never be able to qualify to be a pilot. I think he was like, <laughs> I want Plastic Man's friend being there, so let's put him in. And yeah. I thought that was really good. You know, and I actually, uh, just to get off track for a second here, I, Injustice is a very dark kind of uh, series, but I thought it actually worked. I, I thought his Plastic Man was actually pretty good. Yeah, um, I've got to be honest here. I haven't been able to pick up the Injustice books. I can only afford like one regular book a month, so I haven't been able to pick up Injustice. But from what I've seen of like his Plastic Man, I thought that was really good. And his offspring, too. And apparently mm-hmm. that's how it is with all the characters in that book. So I'm right. just really happy he got to write him for a while. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, no, me too, me too. Yeah, and I... I, I read all of it from the library, so I was way behind. <laughs> but, but, I, but I did, but I did pick up that annual uh, featuring Plastic Man. There were so many artists who cycled through the Terrifics, but one of my favorites actually was one of the later artists, and I'll be ta- I'll talk, be talking more about that after the break. But I really liked Dan Mora on uh, on issue number twenty five. Oh uh, yeah, which, which is the Choose Your Own Adventure issue. Yeah, Dan Mora, he's a great artist. I. What was it? Didn't he do the covers for 24, 25, 26? And he fully did 25. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was, that art is really good. 
I love yeah. it. I love that whole issue altogether too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just beautiful, almost painterly uh, artwork. And uh, he did something actually that I really appreciate from artists who are working on Plastic Man is he actually had the character taking different shapes. Because one of my pet peeves is when they have Plastic Man, but all they have him do is stretch. For some reason, that really just bugs me. <laughs> it seems like such a waste of the character. Plastic Man shape shifting is it's integral and it's really fun to see and do. Like uh, when he becomes a spray bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Uh, yeah. You know, a giant hammer or something. You know, you, you got to give me some. You got to give me more than just stretchy arms. And the variety um, they do it too, like uh, Mora does. It really shows that like it's what I love from Plastic Man. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I think Plastic Man, and we saw this with the Terrifics, the Plastic Man is really an artist's character. You know, yes. it's, you know, it really just, I, I can't imagine, I, I am not an artist myself, but I can, I can only imagine how much fun it must be to, to work on Plastic Man. I'm kind of like an amateur, like a fan or artist sort mm-hmm. of thing, and I can attest to it. Plastic Man <laughs> is probably the most fun character to draw like all the time because of like how creative you can be with him you know sometimes like you'll see stretchy characters and they're just having their fists be really far why do that when you you can have the arm go wrapping all around the bad guys and the character himself while punching someone out you know i think being creative with plastic man is half the fun of it getting back to the the unfortunate cancellation uh, and and you know we know now that the they have i believe is it one more print issue and then three digital issues after that is it, i think yes, that's, that's right issue 27 will be the last print issue uh mm-hmm. 28 29 and 30 will be digital until the uh, until the trade comes out whenever right. that is which I think would be volume four at that point, because I think volume three is supposedly scheduled to come out this summer sometime. But, you know, who knows what's what's happening with that now. So now that the Terrifics is canceled, but this team, this this, you know, the, the team of the Terrifics has been pretty well established and it's, it's shown up in different comics now here and there. What do you think is going to be the future of Plastic Man in the DC universe? Or what do you uh, hope is what do you think is what do you hope is going to be his 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 future uh what i think and what i hope are sadly two different things um (laughs) i think that well first i'll get to what i hope i like optimism more i hope that you know even if he isn't in a main book anymore he and slash or the terrifics may pop up in a couple more books like you know they'll have a guest spot in one arc or one issue or they'll be in the background for justice league or justice league dark or whomever it may be i just hope i hope that they can pop up more and maybe eventually they can get their own book again or at least plastic man can um get his own book again yeah i think so. and you know it'd be very interesting to see the team in a different um from a different perspective too, because you know we're, we're obviously we're talking about Plastic Man because this is a Plastic Man podcast. But you know, I think all of the characters had really interesting story arcs. They had interesting things added to their backgrounds. I would uh, hate to see what's been done with Mister Terrific, for example, just kind of uh, ignored. 
And I would especially hate to see Phantom Girl just kind of disappear or become a different kind of character. You know, there's there's a lot yeah. there to work with. Yeah, you know, I I've gr- I've really grown to love these characters in in the book. I'd be I'd be really disappointed if like um in Strange Adventures, the new Tom King series with uh Mr. Az and, and Doc Shaner, they were to just like kind of ignore what was going on in terrifics and i and i'd really hate if phantom girl were to just disappear or be changed a lot because she's like my second favorite character in the whole series after plastic man of course so (laughs) i just really am hopeful that that whoever like uses these characters in the future hopefully sooner than later they at least get what these characters were in in terrifics yeah, yeah, I I agree. I agree completely. Well, um, I think that was all I had. Was there anything else that you wanted to add that I might have missed? I mean, I guess if I wanted to talk about other terrific stuff, I love all the costumes. Even if yeah. I'm not f- fond of Plastic Man's Return being immediately given a new suit, but um, <laughs> that is true. But, that is true. But no, I I like all the matching costumes. I I think black and white is unique to the series, and if I think it works well for it. Yeah. When I knew that, when I heard that they were going to get new costumes, I was kind of like, ugh, you know, because the, they're, they were bringing plastic man back after being gone for so long. And like you said, it was almost like they were bringing him back just to change him. But all they, it was just a costume change. It was the, the character that I have grown to love and the black and white worked really well. And, you know, of course that was another, that was another kind of elbow at the, at the fantastic four, which weren't being published at the time. Yeah. And the whole uh, Future Foundation thing going on with with uh, with the Fantastic Four at the time or before, I thought it was a cute jab, but I also thought it looked really good. You know, again, Doc Shanner did a did a wonderful job designing these characters. Yeah, I love like his designs for them. Although, uh, don't tell anyone else, but I wasn't too fond of his a uh, rebirth Plastic Man design or just mm-hmm. like the look of Plastic Man and the rebirth stuff at all, where it was like his top was like the same except the v-cut was really short and his arms were short and yeah. he had black pants like a shorts uh, i wasn't too fond of that right yeah and that and that is actually what he was wearing in the in the first issue of the terrifics yeah which, i remember i remember um i saw that and i was like Ugh. <laughs> you know, just a an eye roll and a sigh yeah yeah i don't i think it works if they're all red but I don't like the black bicycle shorts look. Yeah, me neither. Um, I kind of have like my own kind of name for the uh, the like version where it's like bicycle shorts with shorter arms. I call that like the simplified look. And I think it's fine when it's still red. But when it's black, I just I think it's more boring. I'm not too big mm-hmm. on red and black. I know lots of people are, but I'm not. Yeah, all red with the the belt, and there you go. That's yeah. all you need. What, is there I mean, anything else you wanted to say about the terrifics? I mean, yeah, you know, it ended too soon. I wish Woozy was there. I wish we saw more of Offspring and Angel. Mm-hmm. F- frankly, Angel, because yeah. she only appeared in one issue. I'd love to see Plastic Man's uh, backstory in the book be explored more. Right. But it was just a really good book. We wish we c- it could have lasted longer, but it was good. I I really think it had the potential to go on for a lot longer than it than it was. I'm glad we had or we're going to have uh, 30 issues. 
uh, which is a pretty good run. But it, yeah, there was, there were, I think there was a lot more. The, uh, compared to like the other books that spun off from Dark Knight's Metal, where right. they all ended after like, uh, I think at most 10 or 12 issues. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah I'm just yeah, glad yeah. Terrifics lasted 30. Yeah, it was great. I, I think there were a lot more stories for um, for them to tell. But I, like you said, I'm glad we had 30. I wish we could have had more. Yeah. You know, I don't want to end on a downer. What, what, was, it, what was your favorite thing about the Terrifics? Oh, I guess maybe it was just uh, how Plastic Man, of course, is Plastic Cast. But uh, <laughs> Plastic Man in general, I thought he was really good in it. I thought it was a good, like, back to what the character should be in this modern time. I'm glad they didn't portray him as like a punk or or like a dummy or or goof off. Just someone who like who can make jokes but is still smart enough to be serious. And I also like how they brought his son in without making it seem like he was, you know, a bad dad who disappeared for for ten years or so, like it was last time. Ugh. Yeah, he he was actually trying to be a good dad. You know, yeah. that, I thought that was really, uh, that's really cool. You know, I, and that, that fits in with his whole, uh, redemption thing. Pl- Plastic Man is all about having not done as well as he could, but now trying to do better. Yeah. Plastic Man is always, I, I feel that a good theme for Plastic Man, like good way to put it would be change for the best. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, that's that's a perfect way to end this segment. Owen, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. This is a lot of fun talking to you. Oh, it was a lot of fun talking to you. This is a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, no, it was so, great so, talking to you. Oh, thank you so much. Well, tell, tell the people where they can find you. Oh, you can find me um, on Twitter at Plastic Man Talk. I'm also on Tumblr, Plastic Man Talk, though I don't use that as much. Mainly, it's the Plastic Man Talk Twitter account. Go follow me there if you would like. If you heard me and hated my guts then uh that's fine <laughs> <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't i don't think that's gonna be the case at all and yeah you are very active on twitter so yeah there's a lot of good content there you're welcome back anytime this, this was a great talk this was great talking to you man thanks for all having right. me on oh thank you and when we come back we will get more into uh the terrifics number f- 25 the adventures you choose uh, a choose your own adventure style comic which works surprisingly well we'll be right back yes. The time is out of joint. The time is out of joint. The time is out of joint. The year is 1994 or 1944 or maybe 2994. Time is under threat and history is falling apart. Who will survive this crisis and how will history be changed for those that do? Zero Hour Strikes takes you back to that DC Comics crossover and covers the entire story, issue by issue, tie-in by tie-in, as the DC Universe goes down to zero. Join Bass and Siskoid at fireandwaterpodcast.com or on iTunes, Zero Hour Strikes, a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Remember Legion. Welcome back. There have been many, many standout issues of the Terrifics. The first story of Ark alone is something I'd be happy to put into anyone's hands. But when it comes to favorite single issues, it'd be hard to beat the Terrifics number 25 by writer Jean Luin Yang and artist Dan Mora. Jean Luin Yang has always been a writer who is about more than superficial plots and drawn-out fight scenes. Whether it's been his independent work like The Shadow Hero and Boxers and Saints, 
or his mainstream stuff like New Superman and the Justice League of China, Yang brings a refreshing thoughtfulness to his work, along with a cultural perspective that's way too often missing from most comics. I can only imagine how much thought he had to put into the Terrifics number 25, a done-in-one story titled The Adventures You Choose. Planned as a way to celebrate the series reaching its milestone 25th issue, the story is written in the style of the Choose Your Own Adventure books, and it's surprisingly successful. I don't say surprising as a knock on Yang. I've been a fan of his since American Born Chinese. But when I first heard plans about this issue, I thought there's no way that can be pulled off in a 32-page comic. I just could not see how the various branches and dead ends could be done in a way that would have had any depth or a satisfying conclusion. Man, was I happy to be wrong. The story begins with the Turks fighting a giant magical tree monster, tearing its way through Gateway City. And right from the beginning, readers are given a choice. Which team member should be given a chance to lead? Plastic Man? Mr. Terrific? Phantom Girl? Or Metamorpho? From there, the reader is taken down past that twist and turn, run into literal dead ends, and I mean literal dead ends, and move the story forward toward a climax that could mean the destruction of two worlds. In other words, really good stuff. The story itself is complex, and the MacGuffin that's introduced here has real potential for serious consequences in the future. Or at least it would have. The reader gets some interesting character work that plays out in the overlapping plot lines, with everyone getting a chance to shine or tragically fail. In his earlier issues, it felt as if Yang was wrestling with the various personalities and the way they interacted with each other, and it led to some dialogue or some uh, plot points that didn't quite land as uh, a reader might have wanted. But this issue shows that he's got a firm grip on them all now. These characters are familiar especially if you've been reading the Terrifics from the start, but still intriguing. There's still more to learn about these guys. I still want to know more about these guys, and I care about what happens to them. Of course, I appreciate how Yang uses Plaz, giving him plenty to do as an equal member of the team. Yang's Plastic Man is fun, it's effective, and he cares about his teammates. In spite of the way he's been characterized by other writers in the past, the Plastic Man of the Terrifics is often the voice of reason, urging caution and showing he's more than some sort of manic court jester. I love it. This is true of all the characters, who are distinct and yet work really well together. It's a neat trick when you consider you're talking about a stretchy ex-con turned hero, a rough-around-the-edges elemental adventurer, an often distant genius inventor, and a teenaged alien far from her family and home planet. The whole thing in this issue hangs on a choose-your-own-adventure structure, and the way this high-wire act is mapped out is pretty incredible. As I mentioned, I was prepared for a thin treatment of this particular genre, which I was a big fan of when I was a kid. But the issue has real meat to it. Like the classic books, there is only one way to get to the quote-unquote correct ending. But there are plenty of options to choose from as you figure it out. Some branches end quickly, giving a typically brutal coup de grace to our heroes. And others let the reader get tantalizingly close. So close, only to pull the rug out as the reader sees an end in sight. Yang also manages to include a built-in story conceit for the structure, making the choose-your-own-adventure aspect an actual part of the story and not just a cute trick. The way this helps readers become even more invested in what happens in the story by making them an active participant in it is really great. Yang has said in interviews that planning the issue was intense, and I can believe it. Uh, he said that he ended up breaking it out as a flowchart, complete with arrows mapping out which panel led to which plot point, 
And I was surprised in the best way by how much I flipped back and forth when I was reading this issue. Nothing is obvious. And seeing the characters put through their paces is part of what makes the story itself so satisfying. I can normally breeze through a modern comic book really quickly. And it was a delight to spend so much time with this issue. There's a density of ideas here which work for a done-in-one, but which also lay some groundwork for future storylines. It's really too bad that it's unlikely we'll ever get to see those storylines now, since the series has been canceled. Because I would have been super interested to see where Yang took things from here. Did I mention how gorgeous the art in this issue is? Dan Mora, who with the Terrifics number 25 racked his first complete issue for DC, does an incredible job here. His work is lush and organic, with a sense of motion and cinematic perspective that's tailor-made for the kind of cosmic adventures the Terrifics find themselves having. All of the characters look great, and their power set always seems to be on display even when the effect is subtle, which is something that's so important to the character of Plastic Man in particular. Faces are expressive, even though Phantom Girl slips into a sort of telltale manga style here and there, but nobody looks as if they're just slightly different versions of the same basic template over and over again. Everyone looks like a different person, which is, because, <laughs> which is something we can't always take for granted. Mona's Plastic Man is especially good, and he uses Plaza's shape-shifting abilities in a natural and eye-catching way. I've noticed that some artists don't seem to know what to do with Plastic Man's malleability. Some artists seem to think the character needs to always be distorted, even his face, pushing him into the neighborhood of being almost inhuman, that sort of uncanny valley. And other artists have a lack of imagination or, or hold back and seem to be content to have Plaz just stretch his arms out over and over and be done with it. Mora, on the other hand, gets it, and he strikes an impressive balance between those two uh, extremes. Best of all, unless Plaz is doing a full-on shape change, the reader can actually see his face, and most importantly can see a range of emotions go across that pliable mug of his. I don't know if the Trivix would have ever gotten a regular artist, or if Plastic Man will ever get his own series again for that matter. But I would put Dan Mora at the top of my penciler wish list. And just to put it out there, also at the top of that list is the writer-artist pairing of Cena Grace and Mike Norton, who did an excellent job with their plaza entry for the DC superhero romance anthology, Crimes of Passion, back in February. But we'll talk more about that in a future show. Back to this issue of the terrific stuff. It would be a mistake to overlook the contributions of Ivan Placencia on colors and Tom Napolitano's lettering. Placencia's colors border on soft, but walk a fine line between warm pastels and solid, bold colors. Together, it gives confidence and necessary support to a story that blends science fiction and fantasy, often in the same panel. The best colorists enhance the work of the penciler and the inker, and Placencia does a more than able job for Mora. Napolitano's letters are clean and unobtrusive, which is important in a book that already has a whole lot of things going on for readers to keep track of. But that doesn't mean his lettering fades into the background either. Napolitano does an exceptional job of giving readers distinct, easy-to-read letters for a wide range of sound effects, as well as dialogue for the croaky language of the crow people. Taken all together, this was a strong team for this issue. I really wish we could have seen more of it. The Trifix is, on its own, a fun team book with echoes of its Fantastic Four inspiration that still does a consistently good job of staking its own ground. I'm disappointed. And I'm sad that the Trivix has been canceled. It's a great book, a lot of fun, 
And again, the only place that we could see Plastic Man on a regular basis. I think he worked really well with this team. And this might be heresy, but I think he worked better with the Terrifics even more than he did with the JLA. And unfortunately, cancellation uh, means we'll never get to see where this would have gone, or at least not in this version. I hope this doesn't mean the end for Plastic Man, and I hope it doesn't mean the end for the Terrifics in the DC Universe. This is a team that deserves to continue. And I really hope that we as readers uh, get a chance to see that. With the exception of some one-offs here and there, what happened in the Terrifics would usually have an effect on the DC Universe at large. So maybe we shouldn't be surprised if Plaz continues to pop up in other books in his full Terrifics uniform, which would be awesome. If you haven't been reading the Terrifics, you're basically missing out on some really good Plastic Man adventures. So go out there and get them. The Terrifics Volume 1, Meet the Terrifics, and Volume 2, Tom Strong and the Terrifics, are out in trade. And Volume 3, The God Game, is scheduled for a June release. As always, thanks for listening. Plasticast is a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. If you'd like to subscribe or leave a comment to Plasticast, you can do that right here on our website at fireandwaterpodcast.com or on Apple Podcasts. You can also find me on Twitter and Facebook at It's Plastic Man, and you can also reach me at itsplasticman at gmail.com. Be sure to follow and tag the network with hashtag FWPodcasts. If you'd like to support the Fire and Water Podcast Network, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash fwpodcasts, where you can make a one-time or monthly contribution and unlock various rewards, including getting name-checked on this or any network show of your choice. Anything helps, and everything is appreciated. Until next time, take care of yourselves and others, and I'll see you in the home stretch. Yeah.